0: To Expounded Universe Special Reports. The book The Glove of Darth Vader by Paul and Hollis Davids. The year nineteen ninety-two. With your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! Hi, everyone, and welcome to Expounded Universe Special Edition. Oh, shit, I should have called it that in the first place. John, can I change the name? Is it okay? You can do whatever you... I mean, that's very clearly the name it should have. I should have gone with, right? I mean, the, the probably. Special edition. Yeah, so going forward, that's what we're going to call it. So you can go ahead and disregard the <laughs> go- intro. That's- going
1: forward with all two of the episodes that are going to be of this.
0: <laughs> I think we'll probably stretch it to three. Look, look, we might as well explain what exactly is happening here. This book is, oh gosh, maybe fifty pages long, seven chapters, and pitched at children,
1: oh, yeah, this is like already a ridiculously thin book, but then you open it up and you're like, oh, this is giant print, and there's pictures in it, mm-hmm. and this is gonna take like ooh very little time to get through,
0: yeah, I'm and ultimately, I did not even know how to divide up seven chapters, so we're just gonna be doing the first three chapters today. But this is a pretty fascinating thing. This is a part of a seven-part series that I, I forget the name of. It's, I think it's called like the Jedi Prince series or something like that. Uh, yeah, it's the Jedi Prince series, it, and this is uh, definitely the first one of them. So for the first time in a while, we're actually doing things in the proper order. Goodness. Uh, and it will continue going through a series of books with even sillier names than this one, because this is the glove of Darth Vader. The fifth book in this series of seven is called Mission from Mount Yoda, uh, we also have Queen of the Empire and Zorba the Hut's Revenge. There's a, there's a lot of fascinating stuff to be found here. Super good. And I don't know if you've ever tried reading childified fiction of like a a, a thing that you liked
1: before. You no, read a lot of goosebumps, I, right? I liken this to basically when they would make like a cartoon for children based off a of very not appropriate for children property. So you'd have, like, oh. a RoboCop cartoon and be like, oh, kids shouldn't watch RoboCop.
0: <laughs> or, or The Adventures of Toxie, The Toxic Avenger.
1: Yeah, no, those are all things where I'm like, who pitched this?
0: Yeah, I I, I mean, in this case, it totally makes sense. This was a, a zeitgeist-busting engine of destruction, the Star Wars, like, licensing realm. And it, Star Wars was absolutely huge among children. This, Even then, this still kind of has a... Uh, it feels like it's pitched even lower than it than it needs to be
1: well yeah cuz you still had things that were sort of pitched towards a younger age with like the comic books and things like that but even mm-hmm. then the comics still had the same basic tone as the movies
0: yeah now i've only I, i've mentioned it before but i think i've only ever read one star wars children's book before which was called like luke skywalker in droid world and and it was a little more it was written in like the the late 70s and so it had a lot more and of hard sci-fi vibes to it and and didn't feel quite as childly as this one did but then again i was a child when i read it so maybe to me at the time it was super advanced literature
1: man i cannot wait until this whole pandemic thing is over and i can go to orlando and visit droid world again <laughs>
0: yeah droid world was full of like load lifters and bulldozers I mean, sh- and stuff that were droids.
1: Sure, we have droid land in California, but it's not the same.
0: No, no, it's very different. Uh, our Star Wars thing didn't open for forever at our droid world. Hmm. Yeah, so anyway, uh, without too much further ado, we should dive into what's happening here in uh, The Glove of Darth Vader.
1: Well, the book starts out and it assumes you do not know anything about Star Wars and will continue this because it has like a three-page summary of the entire original trilogy.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's got a a whole thing of original trilogy information. And before that, even a dramatis personae with photos or drawings, rather. Yes. Uh, Including an old-fashioned... I can't wait to encounter some of the characters that are listed here. You got an old-timey sea captain.
1: Yeah, there's... Some real choices in this because you look at it and you're like, "Oh, these were things that were obviously like the left page stuff from Star Wars originally. The right page, goofity, dumb nonsense that looks like Dick Tracy villains." <laughs>
0: uh, and, and beyond that, it's kind of it's organized left side good guys, right side bad guys, uh, including Aqualish alien, as if there weren't enough bad guys, so they just put a random, you know, Ponda Baba in the corner there.
1: Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you got to have yourself a little Ponda Baba.
0: (laughs) That's Dr. Evazan. Dr. Evazan's a man who knows he's got Ponda Baba in his corner. Hmm, hmm. Oh, he knows. He knows. He takes it for granted a little too much. Keeps trying to start bar fights and shit, knowing (laughs) he's got a walrus friend. I tell you, John, if I had a walrus friend, I'd start more bar
1: fights. I tell you, I would definitely Mm -hmm. start a percentage more bar fights than zero.
0: Yeah, yeah, right now I start no bar fights, but if I had a walrus friend who was with me all the time, I would start two times
1: as many bar fights. <laughs> the book
0: opens, oh, and we also have to set when the put when this is set. It's sometime after Return of the Jedi. Uh it, it does not seem to take into account any other literature.
1: No, there's no real like idea that you would have even seen the movies let alone have read any other book. Yes. So this is very standalone.
0: Yeah, and it, it appears to take place sometime very, very soon after Return of the Jedi, because Han and Leia aren't really together yet. There's a there's a scene in one of these chapters where Han lets Leia know he'll be leaving for a long time.
1: Yeah, it it definitely has an idea of what the post-trilogy world is like that differs from a lot of what we have read.
0: <laughs> that is definitely true. Anyway, we open on... Uh Luke and 3PO hanging out in a droid workshop on Yavin 4. Luke is just randomly grabbing droid parts and rebuilding 3PO however he would like.
1: Yeah, they are gonna send the droids on a mission to Kessel, and he mm-hmm. needs to make 3PO look like a droid that belongs on Kessel.
0: Apparently, it is possible for... A, I mean, I kind of knew this one as a genre convention anyway. But you can easily tell the difference between good guy droids and bad guy droids. Because 3 is a golden good boy droid, and he has a regular human face. But we need to dress him up as an evil droid, so he has to be painted green and given an evil bug face.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort of interesting that they were like, oh, Kessel's the planet of bad guys. And yeah. they want their droids to also all be uniform, so everyone knows that the droids are bad guys, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. This book, the uh, the Empire in this book wears the bad guy label pretty heavily.
1: Oh, yeah. There's like, no, like, ah, uh, we're here to bring order. They're like, Haha, we're the bad evil guys.
0: <laughs> there are a lot more Skeletor in this one.
1: Yeah. It's, I'm uh, not nice! I mean, it would really be like if instead of, like... Tarkin Invader starting out as our sort of main lens for Star Wars. It had mm-hmm. just been Palpatine ca- cackling in the background. That's <laughs> sort of the level that we got here.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, 3PO, of course, as you can imagine, is not excited about someone trying to paint him and replace his entire head.
1: Oh, no. You're going to make me green, but that absolutely doesn't go with me. I'm yeah, more no, of an he- autumn. <laughs>
0: Green is an autumn color, three P O. Go with it, oh, but only washed out greens. <laughs> uh, I would look acceptable, and you're going to paint me some sort of dazzling mint, aren't you? But anyway, we get a nice picture here of what's going on as Luke is offering three P O. an evil bug droid head, and by Luke, I mean a drawing of young Charles Bronson. <laughs>
1: Of all of the drawings that they have of the original characters, boy howdy, did someone just not know how to draw Mark Hamill.
0: Hey, 3PO, I'm going to give you this droid head and then we'll go get a hot dog.
1: (laughs) I mean, you look at the Han Solo and the Leia and like even Mothma, it's just, (laughs) just Luke is fucked up.
0: I'm sending you to Kessel. I can't go myself because I owe a guy there about 50 simoleons. It is it is not the best drawing of Luke I've ever seen. Then again, it's not terrible. It just doesn't <laughs> look like Mark Hamill at all.
1: <laughs>
0: the other fun thing happens right away here, because it's not enough that he's rebuilding 3PO. Obviously, he also needs to rebuild R2. So R2 comes rolling in, looking like a completely different droid. He's got like a transparent cylindrical head to him, and uh, he otherwise just kind of looks like an evil R2 unit. Uh, yeah, the fun and thing he about- is
1: also green, because... That is the color of all Kessel droids, apparently.
0: Apparently, indeed. Uh, Beyond that, R2 in this book is given written out. He doesn't just say, oh, R2 beeped noisily. They write down every sound R2 makes with onomatopoeia.
1: And I fucking love it.
0: I can't get enough of it. But, John, we haven't talked about this before. We pressed record here today. Do, Do you have the same feeling I do that it kind of feels like he's just saying made up slang?
1: Oh, yes. 100%. Cause I look at it and I, I'm not getting beeps or boops. I'm just getting R2 going. Dweeptuchews in it. Exactly. That's the first time I was like, Dweeptuchew
0: tisnit, <laughs> which is just something I would expect a person who I don't understand the slang of to
1: say. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, no. no, no, It's it's a it's a wonderful choice, and I love it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I can't get enough of it, and it happens a lot, especially because at least the first couple chapters of this book, are very droid-heavy.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're going to find out that it's basically we need droids to do a secret mission for us, so we got Mm -hmm. just a lot of droid nonsense. We need droids to do a secret mission,
0: and as far as I'm aware, there's only two droids in the Rebel Alliance.
1: Yeah, as as far as I am aware, we don't have droids for other purposes we have these two droids and they are for everything
0: you'd think that at least find a droid that even if he isn't built to do spy stuff isn't quite as you know 3 po as 3po
1: <laughs> yeah because they're supposed to be infiltrating as like a mining droid and whatever the fuck 3po is but just
0: some sort of service droid yeah
1: but you'd think they'd be like oh we should probably get a droid that if someone asks them a question, it's not going to be like, oh my, well, yes, ooh, mm yes, well, that is the thing, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. 3PO is very much, and I feel like they'd want a droid that isn't. Just, like, get one of the medical droids that sewed Luke's, Luke's hand back on and put the costume on him and just send him in there with a recorder taped to him.
1: <laughs> just a note taped to his chest.
0: <laughs> get in there, 2-1-B. Okay, your hand should work fine. Yes, it does. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> oh, I did
1: hurt my hand recently. Thanks.
0: Anyway, Luke really wants to not miss Mon Mothma's big meeting because that would be bad. You see, she's having a meeting of SPIN, the Senate Planetary Intelligence Network.
1: And they're all going uh, to get really on bicycles sounds... and start riding. <laughs>
0: Uh, spin really uh, Senate Planetary Intelligence Network really sounds like they just wanted something to say spin, but that's apparently going to be the new spy organization.
1: Yeah. Uh. Also, we're gonna get a lot more of it in a second, but we also get a little right now, which is that this book needs to explain to you who everyone is and their relationship to each other constantly.
0: Uh. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't seem to be built on the same everyone or. or assumption of knowledge that a lot of other star wars books are so yeah we do get a moment right here as luke just kind of to himself and 3po a little bit just sort of waxes rhapsodically about how mon mothma is pretty great
1: yeah oh what a brilliant and distinguished woman why when she explained our strategy for the battle against the death star you were on time to hear her and I'm like uh thanks
0: <laughs> and this is no time to be late either 3po like, I don't feel like 3PO is going to be late. I mean, he's the, the reason for the mission. It'll pretty much start when he gets there. Uh, It'd be hilarious if they were late and they were like, oh, hey, 3PO, good. We just got, went over all the plans for what you're supposed to do on Kessel. Shame you weren't here. Anyway, get in the ship. Off you go. <laughs> uh, so they get into Luke's speeder or something and they go whooshing over... Uh, Yavin 4's jungles. I mean, I say whoosh in that way because, again, this is a very onomatopoeia-heavy book.
1: Yes. And uh, we're going to go ahead and get into the conference where we meet all the people, like Lando Calrissian, <laughs> the governor of Cloud City on the planet Bespin.
0: F- when you say all the people, you mean two women, two men, and two aliens.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, like Admiral Akbar, the sad-eyed fish man. <laughs>
0: And Chewbacca, the big, friendly, hairy, wookiee man.
1: Oh, God. The fact that they describe him as a sad-eyed fish man and war hero, I was like, this is great. Thanks, Book. I love you. Sad-eyed
0: fish man is like what you'd describe having a bad Tinder date with, you know?
1: (laughs) Uh, So we got to Book at a Beppo, and my date was just this sad-eyed fish man.
0: Yeah, say no more. I get it. (laughs) let me tell and you you were like
1: it was a trap
0: he looked nothing like his picture it
1: was a trap
0: uh, i concentrated all my fi- my firepower on pretending i had a phone call <laughs> yeah uh so the six of them and the six being mon mothma and leia those are the women who han and lando those are the men who are there and <laughs> chewbacca might as well not be there and uh admiral akbar and they're discussing the imminent plan to spy on the Empire on the in the main capital city of Kessel, Kesselia.
1: Yeah. And of course, Han needs to remind us that he has made the Kessel run before in less than 12 standard time parts. <laughs> yes, says yeah. Luke. You told me that the day I met you in the cantina at Mos Eisley Except Spaceport. You- on Tatooine. Except you said it differently. I was with Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi. Jesus Christ, yeah, we know. Obi-Wan Kenobi, you say?
0: I don't seem to recall that
1: man. Oh, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the person who taught me the Force briefly. He was on Tatooine. We arrived at Mos Eisley together.
0: This must exist in a very specific period of Star Wars fiction, where rather than attempting to justify the the, I did it in under like 11 parsecs or whatever he, he said- in the in the movie, uh, by explaining that Parsecs are like a, 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 it's because it's a big complicated maze. In this book, they just say, "Oh, he he never said that. He said twelve standard
1: time parts." Yeah, you just heard him wrong.
0: <laughs> Can't be blamed blaming us for that. He's just you know he's a not a very good actor, Harrison Ford. He mumbles most of his lines.
1: Uh, <sighs> it, so well, yes. the The plan is to get these droids in there because I guess. This in the book universe the people and places that you might have heard of are the only things that exist in Star Wars. So oh my god. There are there also aren't any people they could send as spies because the only people that exist are the people in this room right now.
0: Uh-huh. So they have to send 3PO and R2 uh, To the planet castle, and they especially can't send any of the humans, because if they catch a human and they suspect they may be in alliance, they'll send them down to work in the spice mines for life to death. <laughs> to be a slave
1: for life till death. Yeah.
0: Do us part. <laughs> so it's got to be the droids. And the plan is that they have built a escape pod looking or sort of thing that is basically just a self-driving meteorite. It looks like an asteroid. And it's going to crash onto the surface of Kessel, uh, and then when they are ready to leave, it will re- it will break in half to reveal a, a speeder that they can use to well, fly back up out of the surface.
1: The meteor will break in half to look like one of those, like, spherical droids that the Empire has, and then they right. have a, a speeder that droid. will then pick it up.
0: Yeah, so it's going to turn into, a, I mean, the problem is the spherical droid that the Empire has is that torture droid, so I guess it's going to turn into a giant torture droid.
1: I guess. I mean, are you going to want to go <laughs> fuck with a giant torture droid?
0: I mean, I don't feel like I'd be all have all that much to worry about it. it, it it's for torturing giants.
1: <laughs> ah. I mean, no, it, it's for giant yeah. torture.
0: Oh, shit. That's different. This is why we need Oxford commas in space. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: or at
0: least dashes. We, okay. We uh,
1: also get the main idea behind the book, which is that <laughs> there are prophets of the dark side
0: who go completely assumed by everybody they're just like the prophets of the dark side oh yeah those guys absolutely oh yeah you know the supreme prophet kadan oh yeah obviously oh yeah kadan duh
1: (laughs) well he said after palpatine's fiery death there's gonna be another leader and on his right hand he wears the glove of darth vader
0: now, 3PO immediately pipes up, and he's like, wait a minute, didn't Vader lose his hand, like, in the Death Star 2, and it fell down a big pipe, and then we burned everything else of this guy? What? And then the Death Star 2 blew up? There's no way that the hand is still around.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, R2 is incredulous, because he's like, Patoog Bazzini?
0: <laughs> God damn it. Every one of those just cracks me up. <laughs> Patoog Bazini. Bazzini? But luckily, Mon Motha is ready with an explanation. You see, unlike the left hand of Darth Vader, which was a normal hand, the right hand of Darth Vader was built to be indestructible. And therefore, it is definitely still in space somewhere, waiting to be found by the Empire.
1: Yeah, obviously. Hey, I know... (laughs) I know the joke is old.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. I had the same joke in my head. Go ahead. (laughs) You do it.
1: You know, if the... If the glove is indestructible and it would survive getting blown up by, you know, an entire Death Star being exploded, why didn't they make the whole thing out of it?
0: (laughs) Why isn't Vader built out of the same stuff that airplane black boxes are built out of? He's all black. I mean, come on. (laughs) But no, apparently the most important part of Vader to preserve was his right hand. I guess. I wonder if the indestructibility of the glove goes so far as to suggest that there's still a Vader hand in it after the death star explodes
1: yeah because it'd be really weird if they're like we're gonna make the glove on your hand indestructible not your hand though
0: the other thing that would be interesting about that is i'm not sure if vader had any hands i mean well yeah he had robo hands yeah but if he has robo hands why is he wearing gloves instead of them just being part of his robo
1: hands well maybe he likes to change gloves
0: Maybe because one of his gloves is indestructible. <laughs> I mean, if I had if I had one completely indestructible glove, I'd probably not change it out for different gloves, especially often. Oh
1: yeah, you'd be known for wearing that one glove all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be what I'd be known for. That.
0: <laughs> I just I love the the way that everyone just sort of accepts that information. Like, oh well, obviously the right hand of Darth Vader was invincible,
1: and they're like, oh yeah, no, obvious, yeah, yeah duh. Of sense, course, left- I mean. It would have been if the Prophets of the Dark Side said it was, so clearly. Anyway, (laughs) this is Lando Calrissian. He lives on Bespin. Let me explain.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it turns out that Luke and Chewbacca are going to fly Lando to Bespin, and on the way to Bespin, they're going to stop at some evil lightning clouds outside of Kessel and release the meteor object to let the, the droids down to the planet. And yes, they they take a moment to explain who Lando is and where he is from.
1: Yeah, and that he has business. Uh, He is a businessman that does business.
0: At this point, 3PO expresses some concern that he is probably not the right person for this job. Uh, After all, he is but a humble protocol droid. But Leia is quick to remind him that he is the one who found Jabba's palace on Tatooine. And he helped rescue Han when he was frozen in suspended animation in Carbonite on Cloud City. By Darth Vader, and then transferred to Jabba the Hutt.
1: On tattooing.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure that joke's going to get old after a while, but it's it, for now, it's still pretty fun.
1: Uh, so, yeah, they're like, no, it's fine. Y- if you get lost, you've got a whole map in R2's databanks. So, you know, we found an escaped slave who told us all of everything about Kessel. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you've got that in your system. Oh, by the way, did... There's one other person that exists. It's uh, an escaped slave that we know. Uh, we're not sending anyone else back there, though.
0: Well, definitely not. I mean, that guy escaped. He doesn't want to go Oh, back.
1: no. But I'm saying other people exist. <laughs>
0: uh, So 3PO reluctantly agrees to do this. He does mention the odds of failure. And then we we uh, kind of, everyone leaves. And Han and Leia go for a quick walk together because we need to establish that relationship. Uh, And <laughs> Han is basically like, Look, Leia, after I drop off Bespin, or Lando on Bespin, I'm gonna be gone for a while. It's time Chewbacca and I built our dream sky house. <laughs>
1: it's time Chewbacca and I settled down and got a little place together in the sky.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I have to take care of my own dreams, princess. Time is running out, and a man's gotta do what a man's gotta do.
1: Uh, I, <laughs> I'm gonna miss you, princess. May the force be with you. You know, a thing that Han normally says.
0: That's one of Han's classic catchphrases, yeah. He's definitely the most respectful of the force of all the main characters.
1: Yes, obviously.
0: Okay, well anyway, on to chapter two, where the Millennium Falcon dumps the meteor and flies away, and then the pod starts dropping towards Kessel. What, which sounds like they're going to write it as an interesting crash landing, but then it's over immediately.
1: Yeah. It just it's sort just of like, bounces oh. onto the planet.
0: <laughs> Donk. And then lets them out near the entrance they needed to go to anyway.
1: Yeah. It's just Zweek! and the cargo door screeched. God damn it. I love <laughs> everything. In this. Uh,
0: okay. Well, like I said, they, <laughs> right as they land, they land in like the mountains of Kessel near Cassandra stadium in Casselia. Uh, and they go through a secret tunnel known only to work droids and slaves.
1: Oh.
0: Uh, they're starting to bumble around in there when when 3PO's like, hey, don't you have a map you can project? And so 3- R2 projects a map uh, as a hologram, and 3PO has to be like, that's upside down. Do you want me to read this while standing on my head, you colossal
1: boob? And... You know, I kind of wish that R2 was like, yes, I do. Go fuck yourself. But instead, he's just like, dweep, boo, weep. (laughs) Dweep, doop, katoop, isn't it? Uh,
0: Uh, We also established that the rocks in here are glowing because of all the spice of the planet
1: Kessel. So much spice. Now, this is for kids, so we're not going to explain what spice is and that it's a ridiculous drug. We're just going to say there's spice here and leave it at that.
0: Yeah, tasty spice. It's probably just like red pepper flakes or something. This is the mine that red pepper flakes come from, and curry powder.
1: Droot Boop is in.
0: (laughs) Uh, Okay, so we get a little more explanation of what's happening from 3PO, who wants to mention that, oh, just about
1: everyone powerful in the Empire is here, and right above our heads. Oh, goodness. You know, you'd think they'd have given up after the second Death Star blew up. You know, when Emperor Palpatine and Darth Vader died, and oh, shit. (laughs)
0: Well, they walk out into a massive arena, football field sort of thing. It's apparently a gladiator- gladiatorial arena, um, and there's a million billion people here, just mostly stormtroopers and 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 uh, aircraft crew members and so on, uh, as well as just a dazzlingly huge amount of droids who look just like R2 and three PO do right now.
1: Yeah, just a bunch of little minor droids and <laughs> tall weird punched face looking droids hmm.
0: and so they just sort of shuffle in and they become part of the crowd and they wait just like everybody else when finally a man who I feel like I've mentioned on the show on the bonus content of the show like a dozen times already finally dramatically steps out onto the stage
1: that's right Grand he's Moff Hissa
0: Grand Moff Hissa the man with sharpened teeth he just but he's like short and small and balding but he sharpened
1: his teeth anyway it's So cartoonishly weird, because, again, (laughs) this is, like, supposed to be a Grand Moff in the Empire, and he comes out looking like he's about to fight Dick Tracy. Like, he is shark teeth, and he has got an evil plan to take over the city.
0: He looks like he's about to fight Dick Tracy and lose heavily because they miscast, like, Paul Giamatti as Grand Moff Hissa. Yes, So he's just Paul Giamatti, or maybe Wallace Shawn, with shark teeth. And I love it. Can't get enough. And not only is that the case, but he doesn't disappoint, because this introduction is cartoonishly hilarious. He's like, ah, dark greetings.
1: Dark greetings to you all. Greetings, bounty hunters, slave lords, and slaves. I bid you all dark greetings.
0: (laughs) Who says dark greetings? That's like the shit that they they say on that uh, that rebuilt uh, shit. What's that? What's that show about the Sabrina? The Sabrina the Teenage Witch show <laughs> what's on Netflix. That show where... about
1: Sabrina. Oh yeah, Sabrina. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: sorry, my head was piecing together what I wanted to say as I was saying it <laughs> too slowly, and I apologize for that. I do. Uh, I'm glad. But you know what I mean. Like, did you watch the Netflix Sabrina at all? No. Oh, there's a scene where they have to go to Satanic court, and everybody's talking. And then the, the the judges in the courtroom want everyone to stop talking, so they all shout, Disorder! Disorder in
1: the court! Which I'm like, but if everyone's talking, it's w- already disorder in the court, my dude.
0: Yeah, but we do the opposite, because we're Satan people.
1: <laughs> we're Satan people! Magic people! Satan people!
0: <laughs> it just comes off as silly, and it comes off... I mean, sure, in this book, it's okay for it to come off as silly, because this was pitched at, like, nine-year-olds. Yes. But... Dark greetings,
1: dark greetings to you all. Uh,
0: Well, lucky for him, he announces immediately that (laughs) the destruction of the Death
1: Star was merely a setback.
0: (laughs) Pretty much. Ah, Mission accomplished banner hanging behind him. Well, what you may not have known is that the Emperor had a bloodline, a son.
1: Yes, a weird son. Bring him out.
0: A big weird son, our new chosen one. And then he just stands there basking in that until finally some grand admiral's like, just show him already. Who's who is Emperor's this asshole? Son?
1: Come on. You've just been sitting there going like, oh, he's a god in secret. He's lived here for some time. Oh, who is it? <laughs> yeah, shut up. Just get to it. Is it Tim?
0: You got to tell us if it's just Tim. <laughs>
1: Come on, man. This ain't <laughs> the masked singer. Just bring him out. <laughs>
0: He comes out, he's got a frog head. God
1: damn it. It's a...
0: (laughs) It's Bow bow Wow? That's surprising. Lil Bow Wow? (laughs) Well, anyway, the door eventually slides open and out, as the book says, strides a
1: tall mutant. Indeed. He is someone that we have also mentioned several times. Trioculus. Mm -hmm. The most cleverly named three-eyed person.
0: Uh, Except for, you know, Triclops. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) obviously, Yeah. Uh, so, apparently in this world, a mutant is not, uh, someone with a genetic abnormality. He's not someone who has been mutated. No. Instead, a mutant is the son of a human and an alien.
1: Yeah. So, at some point, Palpatine got down and nasty with a three-eyed alien- and
0: probably a grand. I mean, that's the one. The, uh, so
1: the one so, we know.
0: So apparently Palpatine got all hot and heavy with a with a orange goat
1: person. Well, you know, you know, I could see it. Those Talladega nights, my man.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's not like he hasn't been to a bunch of Judas Priest concerts in, in Talladega or whatever. And it's fine. It makes sense.
1: <laughs> you know, once you <laughs> once you get to Jacksonville and you start doing some uh, tailgating, things are going to happen. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you're going to sleep with a weird three-eyed goat.
1: Yeah, and that's just the way things go.
0: Uh, What has two legs in the morning and I banged last night? (laughs) This weird goat I found.
1: Uh, Yes,
0: thank you. Okay, well, Trioculus is going to come on out, and he's almost handsome, except for one thing. He has a big third eye in the kind of center-up part of his forehead.
1: Yeah, he's got that standard middle-of-the-forehead third eye. And yeah, uh, I guess I guess he's in charge now.
0: Now, he isn't going to say anything for a while because we need to have a full on conversation between R2 and 3 PL real quick. Uh, So 3 PL has to be like, hmm, interesting. I don't remember hearing anything about the Empire having a child with a three eyed alien. Yeah. And and I would I would have heard of that. I keep up on all the exa- gossip. That's exactly the kind of dish I like to sup upon.
1: Uh so R2 apparently was like, "Yo, let me go through my data banks of old issues of us weekly." And mm-hmm. uh turns out, yeah, no a lot of uh, the stormtroopers thought that the emperor had banged some three-eyed lady, but there was no evidence till now.
0: I mean, ultimately, the emperor is not the type who's not going to brag about whatever he's done recently, right? Oh yeah. He's be like, "Ah, I just hooked up with this cool three-eyed goat monster. Guess who Someone got take her laid. in the back and throw. <laughs> Look, I'm uh, I'm kind of done with her. So if you could just throw her off the ship, that'd be great. Yeah, okay. You... Well, well, hold on. She's she's pregnant. Never... Okay, never mind. Never mind.
1: Ah, uh, well, Gotta do the right thing. <laughs> Let no one say that Palpatine isn't honorable. <laughs>
0: Well, it turns out that uh, Trioculus here is f- fared and regarded as one of the most evil of the slave lords of Kessel. Indeed,
1: of all the slave lords, he's the s- slaveryist.
0: As the only mutant in his school on Kessel, he was teased and hit constantly by the other students who made fun of his third eye.
1: Oh, no, you know, by the other students, some of which also had three eyes because they were aliens. But, you know, he's a mutant, so it's weird.
0: Well yeah, no one likes mutants, but the but uh if you're just like a gran or whatever, everyone's chill with your third eye. Oh
1: yeah. I mean it's basically like Marvel Universe mutants. Because, you know, it doesn't matter if you got superpowers from like cosmic radiation or some alien gave you a gift, but if you're a mutant, mmm, hold on.
0: Yeah, like I think one of my favorite things about the Marvel Universe in general is that J. Jonah Jameson has a generally strong pro mutant stance. Hmm. He like he, he's on their side and thinks that what people think about them is wrong and mean. And it, by the same token, he's like, get me that bastard Spider-Man. Spider-Man! I mean, I kind of get it. A lot of the mutants don't wear masks, which seems to be his one defining feature. Yeah,
1: he's just like, nah, I get it. Look, that's Jean Grey. She doesn't even have a code name. She's just Jean Grey. You can call me Marvel Girl. No one ever will.
0: Yeah, trying to make Marvel Girl happen. Okay, well, as we learned, Trioculus is a mean, friendless guy who studied constantly and tra- taught himself to be a big, dangerous fighter because of how mean kids were to him. Yeah. Are you picking this up already, young readers?
1: Yeah, that's right. He turned evil because of bullies. Then now he's coming back for all of you.
0: Yeah. Well, he's been appointed Lord Overseer and Supreme Slave Lord of uh, Kessel. And he finally decides to speak. My father, the emperor, had many powers of the dark side, he says. But what few of you know is that a three-eyed guy has way more dark side power.
1: Yay. Uh.
0: (laughs) It's well known that that a three-eyed dude would have way better Sith powers than a non. It was known by the ancients. So you can trust me on oh, that. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, duh, obviously. Everyone knows. We've all heard that the dude with three eyes is good with force power.
0: <laughs> well, John, you know what they say in the land of the blind, the mutant son of the emperor with three eyes is king.
1: Yeah, obviously. And, mm-hmm. you know, in this case, emperor.
0: Yeah. Uh, and supreme slave lord.
1: Oh, yes. Overlord and yeah. slave lord. <laughs>
0: anyway uh kind of steps in front of him and is like hey so that's uh, that's pretty much it he's the new emperor everyone bow down to him and what have you hey wait a
1: minute what about darth vader's glove it's on the front of the book
0: <laughs> uh that obviously doesn't matter because i'm the son of the emperor well what about moth grunger <laughs> he's got 30 star destroyers
1: huh what about <laughs> moth grungy He's got 30 pig pens. <laughs>
0: uh, so it's time for Trioculus to display a show of great force and power.
1: Yeah. And there's how does no he do way that? to display how awesome you are in the force and also the dark side than by shooting electricity at a dude.
0: So with both hands, he fires lightning beams at the two people who dared question him, and he lets them sizzle and crackle for a long time. But then, before they're quite dead, he releases the lightning power, and they collapse to the ground.
1: And he's like, wah ha, ha I'm Trioculus.
0: As you can see, I am definitely evil enough to be in charge. And then he's just like, all right, now who shall pledge loyalty to me? And people kind of fall over themselves to do it, and he leaves, pursued by a bear.
1: Yeah. Now, at this point, we end with the droids being like, well, that was fucked up. We should probably leave, but oh, no. The door to the tunnel that they were using was getting bolted shut by stormtroopers. What will they do?
0: <laughs> I honestly, until I skimmed the book a few minutes before we started recording, forgot about that because it is nothing. It's just, oh, well, now they're out in the city streets. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. It, but it, like in the next chapter, they just sort of go to the ship anyway.
0: Yeah. No, it has no, it has no bearing on anything. It is just a hilarious moment, uh, but I mean, I guess because each one of these seven chapters needs to end on a cliffhanger, so they had to come up with something.
1: Yeah, they're like, oh, I guess we just sort of ended with Trioculus winning and getting a whole bunch of sycophants. That's not that's not goosebumps enough. We got to get a cliffhanger.
0: Yeah, well, uh, we aren't going to check in with them for a little bit because first, it's time for this chapter is called the Seven Words of Trioculus. Uh, and it's time for him to have a meeting of all the Grand Moffs and Grand Admirals and so on that are uh, theoretically loyal to him.
1: Oh, yeah. It's time to find out the seven words of Trioculus you can't say on television.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, so this group of dudes, all these like, Grand Moffs and what have you, are they, they take a land speeder ride to a secret castle that belongs to Trioculus. And they're all sitting around in a room waiting for him to show up. But before he shows up, first, we have to get some big plates of meat.
1: There is, for some reason, on the cover of this, a bunch of whales. Just, just whales. And I guess they're going to be a thing in this story because we have to have, like, a whole discussion about waladons and their meat that's so tasty.
0: So apparently, waladons or waladons are in a species of whale found on the planet Mon Calamari, uh, where the Mon Calamari are from. Uh, and they are they are very endangered, but also they are just so goddamn delicious. And people in the Empire think that eating their meat grants you strength.
1: Which, okay, I. But I, I just like am, finding I, am, out am, that the Empire is more and more weirdly like superstitious about things. They're like, oh yeah, we've got some dark <laughs> prophets, and we believe in eating whale blubber because it makes us stronger.
0: <laughs> also. The trays are being described as just heaped high with whale meat, and I'm like, do you think they had any garnishes or side dishes, or what are we doing here? What what do you have to drink with just big heaps of whale meat?
1: Also, I mean, I don't know why, but in my mind it wasn't even cooked. It was just sort of slabs of whale <laughs> steak that have been slapped onto a plate.
0: Just big lumps, like fist-sized lumps of chunky meat, just <laughs> just piled high on a bunch of things and just sort of paraded out and dropped in front of them. And they're all like, ah, yes, time to eat like Skexies. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, it's a bunch of evil guys around a table. They have to be shown to evilly.
0: Yeah, like, uh, like uh, Temple of Doom, right? Like, like just let's let's show how how decadent we are by eating ridiculous things.
1: Yeah, you can't show a bunch of like evil officers around a table and have them be like, "Oh, I'll have the salad."
0: Right. I've always, you know, that Temple of Doom scene is is like. Crazy racist, right, like because it's oh, look at the ridiculous things that Indian people eat. they eat chilled monkey brains and pregnant snakes and all that junk, and I've always felt like that wasn't the intent that the intent wasn't Indian people eat ridiculous food, but these people eat ridiculous food yeah th- these these are evil these secret secret evil temple guys th- these guys uh eat ridiculous things because they're decadent slave lords but the movie does not do a good job of conveying that at all so it just comes off as casual racism from Willie Scott yeah pretty much yeah anyway uh moving on from from there yeah it, so exactly they they have to eat big piles of evil gross food like skexies or a uh, what who what are those guys thuggies yeah that that kind of thing anyway eventually we for some reason the the first half of this is just a description of Wayladons and how bad it is that they're endangered and how how important it is to conserve the precious whales.
1: Hey, look, we got to save the whales.
0: We got to tell the kids about saving the I'm whales. I'm sorry, save the, the whales. Whaledons. The whales of the planet Mon Calamari, which incidentally isn't even called Mon Calamari. It's called
1: Moncala. Actually, it's not even called Mon Calamari in the book. It's just called Calamari. Calamari.
0: Yeah, but it's called Mon that's the name That's the right name of the planet, but that's okay. They didn't need to know that. No one needs to know. Anyway, in comes Trioculus and he speaks seven words. Find me the glove of Darth Vader.
1: It's weird that you would have the title of your chapter be like, The Seven Words of Trioculus, and it's just, hey, find me that glove.
0: Get me the MacGuffin.
1: Like, that's not, that's not like a weird pronouncement or like a great, terrible thing. You're just like, hey, I need that thing, you know, that we've talked about. If I could get it, that'd be good.
0: (laughs) And I shall now speak seven words of wisdom to each of you. Uh, banana, amphetamines, horseplay, and it goes on like this.
1: (laughs) And so
0: on. Uh, So he wants them to go find the glove of Darth Vader so that his kind of reign will be secured, even though obviously he doesn't really need it because he's definitely by right the next emperor.
1: Yeah, I mean, basically it's just, I need the glove so that someone else doesn't get the glove and then challenge me for leadership because... If someone else has the glove, then the dark prophets of the force will be like, oh, yeah, this guy's the leader.
0: Right. Uh, so Hissa gets a little more detail here. Apparently he's the the most fanatically loyal to Trioculus and probably, honestly, is the person who's propping him up at all.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it basically sounds like he took the young Trioculus and has been like taking care of him since he was born.
0: I wouldn't even be surprised if this guy's not the Emperor's son at all, that, that that Hiss has just been blowing smoke up his
1: ass for 20 years. He just found somebody that's uh like powerful in the Force and went, oh, you know, there's that rumor about a three-eyed kid. Fuck it, I'll use this.
0: Yeah, and, and again, I have never looked up Trioculus at all, just Triclops. So, I'm still kind of on the fence as to whether or not he actually has lightning powers. I I think that might have been Scooby-Doo special effects.
1: That's right. Smoke and mirrors.
0: (laughs) It was just this movie projector being shot across some flower dust. Jonkeys. Anyway, uh, we get the the beginnings of protestations from all of the various people. Because Hissa's just like, all right, here's how this works. Uh, I'm going to go look around where the where the Death Star 2 blew up, because obviously it's going to probably be around there. But all of you from your home world need to send out Imperial probe droids to check to see if you have the glove of Darth Vader.
1: Oh, hey, we're also going to need a new secret home base.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but first, gra- the, the fattest one of the various Grand Moffs, Muzzer, Co- pops up and is like, you know, space is huge, so I don't know if sending out droids to look for a hand is going to be an especially... <laughs> he has to be like, uh, it, it, Triaclis has to occur anywhere like, ah, but probe droids found a bomb once, <laughs> smaller than a man's
1: hand. Yeah, but that was it's probably easy to find in a, like a building, not the vastness of space.
0: Also, it will be easier to find than normal gloves floating in space because it is indestructible. <sighs> this is a, this is an actual argument that is actually in. Anyway, like John was saying, he begins a call for, we need a new place to establish a secret base. And this is the reason I required that we do chapter three today. Because his suggestions, as they come in from the Grand Moffs, are just planets from the movies.
1: Yeah, everyone's like, oh, I have a great idea. We should have our new base on Tatooine. We could take over the Mos Eisley spaceport.
0: Yeah. He wears earrings shaped like... This is... Who is this guy? Dunhausen. Dunhausen, who wears earrings shaped like little lightning guns. Little
1: laser pistol earrings.
0: Honestly, that's fucking fly as hell. I want some some laser earrings.
1: Yeah. I like that he's got more than one. Like, he's wearing two earrings, and they're both little laser yeah. pistol.
0: Yeah. That, I mean, it's a match set. That's rad as hell. But, uh... Basically, we're going to be listing the planets that you've heard of from Star Wars, and then Trioculus will dismiss them and make fun of the person who recommended it. So this guy's like, we could take over the Mos Eisley spaceport. It's kind of backwater, uh, and, you know, it doesn't seem like anyone will notice. And he and Trioculus has to be like, Tatooine, you think I want to spend my time fighting sand people and Jawas? Stupid.
1: Also, I obviously know everything about what's going on on Tatooine, even though it was established as a backwater that no one knew about.
0: Well, and beyond that, how much time does the emperor or the empire really need to spend killing off the local color? You know, like y- you can let the sand raiders continue to sand raid. Who gives a shit? They're not very effective against stormtroopers anyway.
1: Yeah. You'd just be like, it's not like yeah, you we got guns. In- Who cares?
0: Yeah. You guys continue to hang out in the desert and yell her, her. It's cool. We're cool with you, all right? All right. But no, not good enough. Uh, Then... What about Bespin? uh, Grandmoth Thistleborn, whose bushy eyebrows touched each other and curled up at the ends. Let's take over Cloud City. Now, this one is genuinely stupid, as Trioculus points out, because the Empire already has a base there. They have their own Tabana gas mining station on the planet Bespin. And besides, Cloud City isn't big enough for troop training.
1: Yeah, because you've got to have you know, a whole bunch of floaty places. You can't just, like, take them out marching somewhere.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then and, a unnamed Grand Admiral suggests Dagobah?
1: Ugh, it!
0: Dagobah's a secret planet. No one knows about Dagobah. That's the point of Dagobah.
1: Like, the reason that Yoda went there is no one gives a shit or knows or cares about Dagobah. And yet Trioculus is like, yeah, nah, you're wasting my time with that. Give me some Zooch <laughs>
0: Yeah, he knocks over, I guess there must be condiments to be served with the big fist-sized heaps of whale meat, because he knocks over a a pitcher of zooch berry cream. Uh, Yeah, and finally, of course, it's Hissa. Hissa pops up and goes like, why not the planet Hoth? There used to be a rebel base there, and so all we have to do is move into that.
1: (laughs) And... You know, of course, Trioculus loves that because he's like, yes, it's cold and miserable. I love
0: it. Yes. An army that trains in a shitty place becomes an angry army, an effective angry army.
1: Yes. If they're comfortable, they'll be lazy and rebellious. But if they're uncomfortable, they won't think of rebelling.
0: (laughs) And I'm like. How are you not arguing against this one with the same arguments as the Tatooine? Oh, do you think I want to get into a ground war with the Wampas? Oh, and it's not enough for Hissa to say that Hoth, he has to be like, Hoth, you know, the planet where there was a rebel base and we took over the rebel base by sending in our four-legged AT-AT imperial walkers? Remember? They're walker shaped. (laughs) They shape, they they walk. Come on, you remember those. Come on, come on. (laughs) Well, anyway, I guess that settles it. Hoth is perfect, and Trioculus and Hissa agree. But then, the unnamed Grand Admiral from Gargon voices an additional concern. You see, he's still worried about how Moth Grunger owns 30 Star Destroyers and is also thinking he should be in charge of the Empire. Yeah,
1: this is too hasty. We can't just make a new base until we find the glove, because no one will accept you. Why? If Grand Admiral Grunger finds it first, zing!
0: Yeah, now everyone apparently was expecting that lightning would kill this guy, but no, it's just a gun that, that Hissa has, because Hissa has been trained by, by Trioculus to shoot anyone who is disloyal to yeah,
1: Trioculus great.
0: immediately.
1: Uh, and
0: so he collapses into the table, and that's the end of one of the Grand Admirals. Meanwhile, 3po and R2 are lost on the streets of Cassandra.
1: Indeed. Looking around, R2's like Tazut Ganesbah, which I think is what Zoot that Nizba. guy on Big Bang Theory says.
0: <laughs> oh man. Uh, I, I I do not know the actual catchphrases of Big Bang Theory. I've never seen it. I I always assume that all their catchphrases are things like I don't respect the bodily autonomy of women. <laughs> uh <sighs> Chappie's fooch! R2 shouts at him. <laughs> this is this is the best part. There's so much R2 dialogue. 3 3PO's just like, "Calm down, R2. We can just check the various streets until we find our way
1: out." Pachuk for Tisma <laughs> Uh
0: It's like he's hanging out with uh, uh, Pooty Tang. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pachuk
0: for Banish signed that pity under Ronnie kind. <laughs> uh Uh, they are well it turns out that being lost is basically we already had half a chapter we don't have time for this shit so they are lost for about 15 words and then they find their way into the mountains where they can already see where the meteorite is oh yeah escape craft
1: because they were like oh what is this slave lord boulevard we're not supposed to be on that let's go this way oh that's the right way
0: yep and indeed (laughs) i love it that the streets are named like slave lord boulevard and cruelty lane or whatever
1: spice mines avenue Spice Mines Avenue.
0: Yeah, I'm on Spice Mines Avenue and thirty fifth street.
1: <laughs> oh shit, you gone too far.
0: <laughs> yeah, you need to catch the B line. It'll take you to Slave Lord Place. Oh.
1: <laughs> Remember It's Slave Lord over by Place, Dark Greeting Circle.
0: <laughs> uh okay, well anyway, they they are watching and walking towards the spot in the mountains where their escape craft is, when all of a sudden a bunch of Imperial shuttlecraft show up and blow that thing to shit. We. <sighs>
1: Why? We don't get any explanation for how the Imperials know that this random hunk of rock that is said to be mixed in with a bunch of other hunks of rock is a spaceship, but they do and blow it up.
0: I assume it's because it was caught on scanners or something, but ultimately this is not a thing that, at the moment at least, has any kind of payoff. Uh, The Empire blows it up from, from the air, and then they land and stormtroopers swarm the area trying to find stuff. And three PO and R2 are like, Oh no, whatever shall we do? Oh we'll uh, do we boot Bisnip? <laughs> and then another Imperial lander right lands right in front of them. Oh no it, it's all good. That's Luke right there. Luke's just like, Hey guys, come on, let's go.
1: Hey, this is remember when I told you that we had an Imperial Sky ship? That's this is ours. Let's go before they realize.
0: And then they get in and they go. And Admiral Akbar is also there. He looks very sad-eyed for a
1: fishman. You know, for a fishman,
0: he's like, "Oh, my Tinder date didn't go very well. <laughs> she went into the bathroom and never came back out.
1: I probably shouldn't have used that picture of that guy from the uh, Guillermo del Toro movie."
0: Yeah, the fish dude from, like, The Shape of Water. Yeah,
1: the, the sexy-eyed fish man.
0: Look, we call him sexy or sad-eyed. It's either Ape Sapien or me. <laughs> I'll admit it, I used a picture from when I was in my 20s, and I still kind of had Kit Fisto eyes. <laughs> uh, That's one of the most popular songs on our planet, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, they they take off from the planet. We get one last really good bit of R2 <laughs>
1: onomatopoeia puzz to zit zoop.
0: I want every one of these on a shirt I want to play that TKO game on Jackbox and just enter these as shirt titles <laughs> Well uh, anyway they're about to leave when all of a sudden oh dear said 3PO Huttu definitely doesn't advise that we chart a direct course back to Yavin 4 he spotted imperial probe droids directly in our path
1: Oh no and that's the end of the chapter what a cliffhanger Jeff Oh no what will happen
0: next I haven't been this excited since Shadows. You know, Dark Shadows, the Johnny Depp movie.
1: Oh, I thought you meant Dark Shadows, the TV show. The I, original I TV first, show, not I... the reboot TV show.
0: I did it first, but then I remember that I don't know anything about the original TV show, and I wasn't going to be able to back that up.
1: You know, I was allowed to watch the Dark Shadows reboot TV show back... Mm-hmm. ...and I probably shouldn't have, because it was very sexy vampire soap opera. Right, yeah. But, uh... The... <laughs> You know The
0: original, I don't believe it was super, sa- it was very soap opera-y.
1: Yes, it was vampire soap opera, and the whole thing was like, oh, I'm a sad vampire, and I lost my true love, and then this lady looks like my true love, because that's what every vampire story is, apparently. Right, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it was then just like a vampire's attempt to get into a lady's pants, the soap opera.
0: Right, and eventually a werewolf got involved by like the second or third season, or whatever it was. <laughs> Yeah, so there's a lot there's a lot going on there that I don't know anything about. Maybe that should be the next season of TV Mastery.
1: Yeah, we'll go watch. Man, I don't know where I would find Dark Shadows. Like the
0: original with the Barnabas Collins and all that shit? I have no idea.
1: Yeah. Nonsense. I mean,
0: presumably it's still out there somewhere. There's, there's got to be some streaming service that's basically Nick at Night, the streaming service. <laughs> I mean, someone is still paying a tiny amount of money to be able to air My Three Sons yeah.
1: somewhere. Someone's got it.
0: Yeah. It, it It just exists, it happened well anyway, uh, I think that's about it for this week, John. We've definitely gone over the first three chapters of this little trifle of a book.
1: Oh yeah, and we have yet more for you, the listener
0: mm-hmm, we sure do.
1: If you go to patreon.com slash systemmastery and support us at the two dollar or higher level, why you unlock our bonus content for this show.
0: That's right. The two dollar higher level will unlock expanded, Expounded universe, where we go to Wikipedia to find interesting stories, sometimes related to the book and sometimes not, and then we come back and we tell them to each other and to you. Yes, and indeed. we expand your knowledge as well of our uh, uh, as well as our own of the dazzlingly huge Star Wars universe. Quite so, indeedly. So, uh, if you're interested in that, just go on down to Patreon.com/slash/SystemMaster and support us at the two dollar level, and If you were one of our $5 donors, good news, there's bonus content just for you beyond what we used to give you.
1: That's right. As Jeff mentioned earlier with the whole TV Mastery thing, Movie Mastery has its own little set of bonus content, so everything we do has an after show. And this time, we are watching Season 1 of Smallville, so we are working our way through that right now.
0: One episode at a time. Uh, we're probably not going to do a whole series run on Smallville because it gets very episodic very fast. Uh, but we are going to do the first season, and then we'll pick something else from there. And it's not a new level. It's just at the $5 level with the Afterthought content. So it's a little extra bonus for people who were already at the $5 level and a little extra incentive to get other people to go there.
1: Yeah, just sweeten that pot.
0: That's the plan. Uh, So we'll see you real soon over at that Patreon bonus content. Otherwise, I've been Elan Sleazebagiano. Boggiano And I need the glove of Darth Vader!